This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So, we've covered these two senses so far. What would be the third one that we're talking about? Well, I think the sense of hearing would be uh, clearly the one that hunters would also be be interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other two being taste and touch. You don't know a lot about, but, you know, you don't know a whole lot about either one of those. And they're certainly not all that important from a hunting perspective. But hearing hearing would be. Definitely. And, And I think... You know, I think if you if you you know ask the average hunter, you say are deer's eyes better or worse than ours? They'd probably hum and haw on that when they're like, I'm not sure. They may be colorblind. We we you know we said they weren't, but you know they may debate that. If you said is their nose better or worse than ours? Definitely better. Okay. Yeah. If you said hearing, they'd say definitely better. Most most hunters, I think, would say that. Yes. Deer have better hearing than humans. That would be the assumption. The the research and it's been done at a number of different places. Um, actually shows, believe it or not, that deer hearing is not much different at all than ours. Very, very similar range of frequencies that we can hear in. Um, there are a few hmm. exceptions to that. So I'll give the slight edge to deer and, and I'll tell you why. Okay. One, they have these rotational ears, right? They can rotate their ears and that allows them to directionalize sound very well. So anybody that's done any rattling, uh, any grunt calling for deer where they've responded, they don't even have to see to know the bush or tree you're, you're in. I mean, they can peg you pretty good if they, you know, they can directionalize that sound, they can pinpoint it on the landscape. So that's an advantage that we don't have. We have to put our hands up to our ears. And often I'll do that turkey hunting in particular to try to determine if you hear that gobble off in the distance and you're trying to figure out where it's coming from, yep. you know, you got a couple of ears. So that's a big one. Um, just the fact that they have large cupped ears. Um, so just the size and shape of them also amplifies sound. Uh, they can hear um, in the slightly higher frequencies than humans. Uh, our range is about two to four uh, 
uh, megahertz. Theirs is anywhere from four to six megahertz, slightly higher. Uh, the peak range of grunt calls is in the sweet spot of both humans and deer. Mm-hmm. So all the deer vocalizations and calls, we've tested those. All those fall right in both our peak hearing and theirs. Okay. Um, so we're good there. Uh, some hunters have heard about the deer whistles for their cars. The devices you put, you can put on your cars that may be a little bit um, older than you. But there was a period of time, particularly in the 80s, when fleets of vehicles, police office, police office, uh, police forces, and all kinds of fleet vehicles around the country put on these 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 ultrasonic deer whistles to prevent deer car collisions. Well, research also take a, took a look at those and found that, first of all, about half the calls didn't make any sound at all. Uh, they didn't work. Um, and and the good thing is, is that they supposedly created a frequency that humans couldn't hear, so you didn't know it. Yeah, um, didn't know if it was going. So it's like a dog whistle. You didn't know if yours was working or not. Uh, the other thing they found, though, is that the frequency that those that did work um, emitted was above what deer could even hear. Uh, so... Uh, long story short, don't don't put any uh, any faith in a deer whistle. <laughs> Fully noted. So uh, I mean, what about like I've barely just say for example. I mean, I've got some like uh, quiet camo on, and I'm quiet. Everything is you know I'm not making any noise. And then I mean, just maybe the sleeve of my jacket just barely like it's you don't so, notice it. You so, can't hear it. <laughs> So the take home here is very clear and I'll tell you what I do to, to, to actually hone myself. What the ability for what a human can hear Mm -hmm. and what a human does hear are two different things. There's so Mm -hmm. much noise going on in your world that you don't even hear. You tune it out. Selective hearing. You you hear what you want to hear. uh, And you also know what's normal. If you walk outside in a suburban area, you'll hear cars and people and kids and things. They're just background clatter to you. Yeah. None of them raise your. Now, if you hear a gunshot go off in your neighborhood, that's a new sound. If you hear a you know a, a, a blood curdling child scream or anyway an abnormal sound, you would identify. You'd pick up on. And go, oh, that's not normal. True. Deer deer live twenty four seven in the woods, and they. Everything's after them in their mind, at least. Yeah. Uh, and so if you had to identify every sound that you hear every day and quickly identify it as friend or foe, you would be amazed at how much better you actually do hear. Uh, and all you have to do is if you have a, a blind friend, mm-hmm. somebody who's visually impaired, and go on a little stroll with them and and and, and let them tell you what they're hearing versus what you're hearing and they'll blow your mind. They don't have any better hearing than you do. Theirs is just highly attuned to their environment. So you're telling me. So what I do is I find that when I first get in the woods, the first few sits of the year, Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing good. You know, I'm I'm hearing, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a predator yet. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still kind of just getting there. And so I literally close my eyes for long periods of time and try to identify every single sound and and really think about what it is and listen to it. And then as the season progresses, I'm training myself to pick up on these sounds and quickly sort through them in a much better way and be much more ready if that deer backdoors me than I would have been. So I do become better. I don't think I'm getting great by any means because my hearing itself is going with my age, but 
But I do definitely become a better predator as the season progresses, and hearing is part of that. And that's sort of self-training yourself as the season progresses to work on that as a skill. Ah, okay. So what what I'm gathering from this is when when my wife tells me that I have selective hearing and I don't always hear everything she says. That's pretty well spot on. Um, <laughs> now, now, the other thing is, uh, an important thing here is there are really two major sort of classifications of sound, if you will. There's high frequency and low frequency. Mm-hmm. There's stuff in the middle too, but for general purposes, we'll talk about high and low frequency yep. sound. Low frequency sounds are these, these guttural, deep fog horns, train yeah. horns. These are low, slow moving in the environment. They're not fast moving sounds. They're slow and powerful. So they go a long way in the environment. That's why we use them on trains and ships because they will travel forever. Yeah. Okay. High frequency sounds are shrill sounds, sounds of a whistle, a woman's high pitched voice, an arrow clinking on your metal tree stand. Mm hmm. Um, so what you really, they're kind of like the 22 bullet. They come out fast, but die fast. Yeah. So, so if you make a high pitch sound, then, you know, the, the, the damage to you as a deer hunter is pretty minimal because it's going to be gone pretty fast. It didn't travel very far. Brush, you know, covered knocks down that sound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to make a, a guttural sound as a deer hunter. So that's, you know, a low frequency sound is, you know, unless you're bellowing, with, you know, bad indigestion, uh, you're probably okay. Um, but the key is unnatural sound. Um, and so, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if you were in your, your kitchen and you had a tile floor and your wife dropped a quarter, you probably could even identify that it was a quarter, not a penny Mm -hmm. hitting on, on a tile floor. You know, we have become accustomed to certain sounds and our ability to distinguish them by based on our, you know, our history as humans and, you know, hearing those sounds many times over our lifetime. So a deer is going through the woods, branches are falling, you know, squirrels are dropping acorns, the armadillos are scurrying past. They're not batting an eye. Yeah. They've got every one of those patterns and sound profiles down. Nothing walks like a bipedal human, two-legged human. So our cadence, and I know people that often will walk with walking sticks to make four four-step sounds to try to mimic more like a deer. I don't know if it works, but it could. Um, the bottom line is, is, you know, human noise, the noises we make, banging on tree stands, uh, whatever it may be, if they're not what a deer would naturally hear, it's a problem. It so, is. So noise itself, you can walk through the woods scuffling the leaves all you want, and that probably doesn't, you know, doesn't scare a deer. I mean, I, in both season, I can't tell you how many times I've quietly sawn limbs off as I climbed up my climbing tree stand in a, in a hardwood, mm-hmm. dropping limbs on the ground within minutes had deer on me. You know, limbs falling in the woods aren't the problem. Now, if they heard a chainsaw fire up or, you know, me talking on my cell phone, it might have been a different ball game. but yeah. just a limb falling. It makes a hell of a racket. You think, crap, I've scared everything off. Within minutes, I've had deer on me many, many times. Um I've used yeah. uh, I've actually used cattle quite a bit to get into a, to get in a, a blind early in the morning. We'll have we'll have fences on our property that we might have them grazing on, you know, a certain section or a different coastal field and I'll have a blind set up right near that fence that it might be a morning that I'm running in and you know, woke up a little bit too late or, you know, just took too long getting out of the cabin and I'll shine my light up as I'm walking up and I'll catch cow eyes and I'm like, ah, 
Mm. I can get to that blind nice and easy. Those cows are right there. They're going to mask my sound. Well, you know, you know, coming from Texas, I mean, the, the standard way to drop people off at stands is to drive your pickup truck or your UTV right yep. to the stand and drop them off because those land, those ranchers and hunters are running their properties with trucks, feeding feeders and stuff. They're used to that kind of, that's mm-hmm. normal, normal noise. It's human noise, but the same truck, you don't want to change trucks and go from a diesel to a gas motor on them or something. But if you're using the ranch, rancher, same old truck, he's doing his same old routine. I'd much rather have him pull up to the blind and let me slide out quietly and shimmy up than me try to walk in from another direction because that deer is fully accustomed to that rancher. Now, if that's new noise, if you go to a property like we are in the Southeast and you haven't been on that property for a month and you get there on Friday and man, you and your buddies got your UTVs and you get them out and you zip around the property and just run helter skelter all over the place, checking stuff. That's different. You know, that's sending a signal that, Hey, game on and and we've got research to show that 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 kind of focused human intrusion will disrupt the the deer's natural movement patterns for up to three full days after they leave it takes takes three full days and they've looked at kind of the friday saturday sunday hunting rush that we see a lot of the weekend warrior rush yep it's not until wednesday or thursday of that following week that normal behavior returns to most of those deer and that that makes so much sense because we've got Nate. I mean, we we hunt on all. We've got all low fence where we are, and we've got uh, a neighboring property that they lease to some gentlemen from Louisiana. And you know when they're there, because then all of a sudden a couple of, or a back field of ours will just be full of deer, and then you'll see a different you'll see a different set of deer coming. It's like oh, hunters must be there. Yeah. So if you're around an area that hunts heavily on the weekends, mm-hmm. if you can't get there on the same opening, like a fr- fr- Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, then you're statistically your best day of killing a buck is like Wednesday afternoon or Thursday of that following yep. week. And you got a statistically greater chance of killing a buck on a Wednesday or a Thursday than you do any other day of the week. If the hunting around you is mostly that clustered weekend, really hammer and function. So if all things are equal, weather's the same, everything else is the same and you got a chance to you know, either hunt like a Monday after the weekend rush or a Thursday, go for the Thursday. <laughs> Brian, we're going to have a bunch of guys asking off for work Wednesday and Thursdays now. Yeah. Just because take, of those what midweek, you said. <laughs> take those midweek days. It's just that, you know, the, the data is there to support it. Yep. You know, again, yep. if all weather conditions are the same, if everything else is the same. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, keep, keep unnatural noise to a minimum. And, uh, and I think that's the key. Absolutely. Well, man, Brian, I love podcasts with you because every time I learn something new and I'm already scheming in my head, just learning what I've learned today from you, just like how I can take that and apply it to what I'm going to do this hunting season. So, man, thanks for hopping on the podcast again. My pleasure. Anytime, buddy.